It's time to make the dough rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe. Well, hey there. Welcome to another edition of Make the Dough Rise. Walter Storholt with you today alongside Brian Doe, Certified Financial Planner, Living Worth Wealth Advisors, office in Greensboro, Georgia. Find us online at livingworth.com. Brian, it is our first show of the new year. Happy 2022, my friend. Yeah, happy new year to you. How are you doing? Pretty good. I, I saw something funny on uh, social media uh, at the beginning of the year where they say, you know what is very like a you know very dark beginning to the year is the realization of the way that you say the year 2022 2022 uh-huh. is 2022 like also t o o also <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like oh no is it going to be 2020 all over again hopefully not although it does feel uh, like it's starting out that way not. doesn't it <laughs> let let's definitely hope not so anyway no no, no, no there's a good start positive. to the year no, no, there's a positive sign, and today is going to—this will date, obviously, when we're recording this, but um, you know I'm not a particularly big sports fan, right. and we've never really talked about sports before, but I will have to admit, I did stay up past midnight last night with my daughter watching the Georgia-Alabama game, and it was fun to watch the Georgia Bulldogs win a national championship. That was, that was really exciting. They uh, they kept it close all game, and then they just really uh, turned it on in that fourth quarter. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, Georgia Bulldogs champions. And so, boy, Georgia sports fans between the Braves and the Bulldogs turned into a pretty good last couple of months, didn't it? it it's, it's a big year for sports in Georgia, for sure. Well, it'll be interesting to see if that breaks. Uh, I've heard lots of people talk about the Georgia sports curse. So I'll be What is that? It, just that it's it's been so long since any of the Georgia teams have won you know, national championships or mm-hmm. Super Bowls or, you know, the, the World Series, those kinds of things. So seems it like, seems pours, like it's broken huh? now. Yeah, yeah. Good. Not as bad as like the Chicago Cubs streak and those kinds of things, but the state hasn't had a lot to be excited mm-hmm. about over the years. But that's yeah. all changed now, so congrats. No, it was a good game. and we uh, my, my 14-year-old was watching, and it, you, you would have probably cringed at my uh, – narration of the game because i know so little about the sports and she their middle school just got a football team and so she's been to maybe half a dozen football games and she's trying to learn and understand how the game works so so she can be a good fan oh that's she'd ask me questions and you would probably cringe at my the pitcher is gonna throw it to he's the catcher no no may they call that a a receiver no i think it's catcher he throws it to the catcher who (laughs) you see those big guys we call them the big uglies Yes, there you go. <laughs> I remember when I was first really trying to teach Connie about football, she would get really confused why sometimes the running back would run out and catch the ball. She'd be like, mm-hmm. so that's the, that's the receiver. And I'd be like, no, technically he's a running back. But she's like, but he's catching it, not running it. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's, you know, there's well, more nuance to it. than <laughs> Right, right. You start Tato realizing potato. if you don't grow up with it, it's sort of ingrained in you that it can be complicated to kind of learn all those moving parts. So. Yeah, I, I don't fully understand it, but uh, she learned a lot last night at least. Well, good. Well, there are probably some uh, crossover lessons between, yeah, maybe somebody like you, Brian, who has your life ingrained in the financial world versus someone who has a totally different career. And, you know, they're trying to save money, but they are not really involved in the financial landscape and retirement planning on a day-to-day basis. It's maybe a good reminder for us that for folks like that, uh, maybe this is a concept that would be like trying to learn football later on in life versus kind of learning it from when you were a little kid. Might be a little bit difficult to pick up on the terminology, the moving parts, how it all works, the nuances of the whole thing. 
And that's why we kind of do this show is a nice reset here to begin 2022. Uh, a chance for us to educate folks, bring them up to speed a little bit on things they should be paying attention to, kind of sort through the minutia of the financial world to uh, let people know what they should be thinking about, what they need to be aware of when it comes to their money, finances, and uh, their future when it comes to their savings and those kinds of things. And that kind of encompasses a little bit of the mission of today's show. We've got a little bit of a a hodgepodge sounds like a a negative thing, like we're just throwing stuff together. We've we've just got a nice collection of things to talk about today. Yeah, just kind of a uh, overview of the landscape, uh, pulling together some of the different things that are happening and trying to to make sense out of it moving ahead because a lot has transpired and happened and uh, people are making a lot of personal changes. There's been a tremendous amount of uh, you know, government stimulus programs. Uh, we've looked at some uh, data and programs from other countries just to, just to compare here. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about if you're, if you're making changes, if you're thinking about making changes, what, what impact that could have and um, you know, how to sort that out given this, this new environment that we seem to be in for you know, over the last couple of years. We're going to be talking about the Great Resignation, the economy in general, 401ks, Social Security, baby booms, the Great Resignation. You, you will know it all by the time Lots we get done with this podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so where, where's the best place to start, Brian? Well, uh, one thing that I was looking at was you know, we, we have you used the term Great Resignation, and we've heard a lot about people quitting jobs, changing jobs. Uh, and, and people are really reevaluating or, or had the opportunity to reevaluate what they were doing with their lives and their priorities and you know, particularly people with children or you know, people that were wanting to retire early, uh, possibly, if they didn't particularly like their job. Uh, I've had you know, several people come to me and want to, want to know about retiring early. And so we've gone through the, you know, the planning issues, the Social Security and Medicare eligibility, private plans. I mean, there, there's just yeah, I think your analogy is good. With if if you if you haven't absorbed this stuff over the years, and all of a sudden you're trying to make a big life change, you you do need to sit down and um, you know map out a good plan and, and and factor in all the variables. But 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 the the number I saw was about four four point two million people quit their jobs in October, and we're seeing just a very, in October, just in October, yeah. And you know that may be quitting and changing jobs or you know, going to a part-time gig or maybe starting their own companies. They, they could be doing any number of things. But th- this is all impacting the, the labor force uh, participation rate, and which, which had been historically low for years, but it's, it's continuing where you've got, you know, probably 40% of the population is not participating in the workforce. Well, that's kids who are in school, obviously, and re- retirees, but then you've just got a situation where you've got a huge portion of the population are not in, you know, active, productive, um, or, or employment type environments. And that has impact for tax revenue, social security benefits, budget deficit spending, uh, all, all the things that are happening to, you know, to keep the economy going through COVID with all the money that they've, uh, used to stimulate the economy, uh, the PPP loans, the infrastructure packages that they're passing or trying to pass in some cases that build back better didn't didn't go but we're seeing some inflation out there and and that's um concerning because i think we have pushed the limit of of the dollar and and just how many dollars we can print while simultaneously having a supply shock from you know people not working uh, people being out sick i know the uh 
the, our local Publix is the shelves are practically bare because they've had to shut down their warehouse down in uh, Florida that supplies us, and they're they're trying to you know reconfigure everything out of out of Atlanta. So we're we're seeing shortages, and I think that scares and panics a lot of people. Like something you know structural or major is going wrong, but our economy is incredibly resilient. I watched the between the dot com bubble and then the financial crisis where we truly pushed the economy you know to the brink. It's going to take some time to work out of this. The Omicron variant, you know, seems to be sweeping and uh, a lot of people, it's, it's more contagious. So I think more people are catching it. It seems to be less severe. So it's it's causing fewer long-term problems. But that said, it's, uh, you know, if you've gone to the gas pump, you go into the grocery store, you've tried to build a, a new office, for example, the, these rising costs are, are are definitely out there. So not... Not having people working, having more people decide to not go back to work, having people decide to retire early, all of this is contributing to some uncertainty, certainly some negative data around inflation, uh, but also then some uncertainty about how long how long is this going to last. I certainly noticed, uh, I was at the grocery store just last night and noticed the, I mean, at least I haven't uh, experienced, uh, you know, these major shortage issues, but it's definitely present. Like uh, there mm-hmm. were there were only like four onions in the grocery store when I went last night and uh, the fruit selection was pretty bare. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but like it, it wasn't like shelves were completely empty throughout the entire store. Like, oh, there will be no food for us to eat. Yeah, we're, we're not Venezuela yet. <laughs> right. But there certainly are some issues popping up. And there's a little bit of this feeling of like, OK, uh, why? Boy, that's really unfortunate that I can't get some onions <laughs> today, you know. But, um, you know, that that's a little concerning to see things like that. And I know everybody has a little bit different, um, you know, takeaway from those kinds of things. Yeah, I, I think it'll be... Uh transitory that you know, the Federal Reserve is going to take some actions to uh, try to slow down the the inflation and and overheating that we're we're getting from all this stimulus that's been put out there but um, the most interesting thing that I think I've seen across my desk so far this year is from the uh, Social Security Administration and I've logged on to ssa.gov if you've not done that, Go online, create an account, download a copy of your statement, take a look at your projected benefit. It's it's pretty easy to do. But they have totally, totally changed the Social Security statements. They don't resemble their former selves at all. And do you remember last year we talked about that additional warning that they just very nonchalantly slipped onto the Social Security statement that said something about, you know, funds potentially the trust fund potentially running out in the you know a decade or so do you remember when we did that yes oh the, when we did the i, don't, I was going to say i don't remember seeing that on the statement because i don't look at the statements but <laughs> i do so, so you should go to ssa.gov SSA. log oh, right. on yes and look, get yes. a copy of your statement but no they, they, i didn't they had listen a little... to your advice from that episode brian i'm i Walter, you, you've caught you've caught me you've caught me all right all right <laughs> well i'm gonna get the producer andrea to she's gonna get on, on me that. i'm in i'm in big trouble right now she's typing out a text i can see it right now you're, you're gonna get some uh, <laughs> reminders in your inbox for sure but any anyway the they, they've over called the uh, social security statement but it's kind of nice because it's got a little bar chart there that shows you what your benefit would be at different ages you know so if you are thinking about retiring early the temptation is always to you know claim social security as soon as you can get it but um, there is going to be a definite benefit to to delaying and at least waiting till full retirement age but they have taken the little warning off about this this trust fund potentially running out and they've actually put out a full pdf 
you know, an eight and a half by 11 colored graphic PDF that says, will social security be there for me? Question mark. And then they talk about our trust fund. There are two social security trust funds and um, one's the uh, old age and survivors insurance and the other one's disability. But they're, they're talking about how they, the, the demand for funds has pushed them to the brink of depletion of asset reserves in the past. This has happened before. So they're trying to make it sound like, you know, this, this is nothing new, and which it's not. But it required major legislative changes, uh, which one, if you go back to the 80s, led to the taxation of Social Security benefits, uh, which is effectively a reduction of, of benefit or means testing. We've talked about that before. But they're, they're talking about this $2.9 trillion reserve that they have, but they make it very clear that by 2034, you know, short of major leg- legislative changes, that, you know, that this trust fund is going to run out. And, and just quite honestly, Walter, it's not really a trust fund. They just created a special batch of treasury securities, labeled it, uh, made them non-marketable so they didn't have to count it as a liability, and then they, they put it on the asset side of the uh, Social Security Trust Fund and said, oh, voila, there we have $3 million in, in reserves. It's just more of the funny money. And, and so the, the number that should frighten people is that they're only going to have the ability to pay 78% of the benefits projected by 2034. So, you know, what I don't mean to scare people and say, oh, your, your Social Security is going to get cut. But it would not hurt to you know, just run through an exercise of, you know, what if your Social Security benefit was taxed a little higher? What if it, the benefit was means tested a little bit? What if it was reduced to this 78% number? And it's just, um, it, it just surprised me that they put this out. And I, I think the underlying message is taxes are going up. And we've talked, definitely talked about that before. If you're thinking about retiring early and, and Social Security becomes a even more important part of your retirement plan, uh, this is definitely something to look at. And unfortunately, I feel like Social Security is a really important part of the retirement plan for a lot of people, even though we've you know, often kind of preached on this show, Brian, that it shouldn't be the be-all, end-all of your financial plan and your retirement. But if you're looking at the large numbers of us as a country, uh, you know, that that spells a little bit of trouble for folks who are going to be leaning on that for, you know, much of their retirement plan and savings. Yeah. It, well, and it's a great program. It's very popular and it's it's been very effective. But, you know, the ratios we've talked about, about the number of people contributing for every person collecting has been been dwindling. It's really, it's really going to be experiencing some strains in, in the future. So, um, yeah, just don't, don't, don't rule out a, a good hard look at Social Security and, and have a backup plan. Have a plan B. What if, what if something happened uh, to that benefit? And um, also retiring early you know, is going to impact your earnings record, which will reduce your Social Security benefit in the future. So, um, again, kind of a Rubik's Cube of, of issues to look at and you know, different twists and turns can mean different things. But uh, just, just wanting to point that out. All sorts of challenges there that we've discussed before when it comes to retiring early, other things that that pop up and just sort of complicate the whole process of retirement planning and and finances and whatnot. And we've done lots of episodes on that, Brian, but for maybe new listeners that are joining us in 2022, you want to hit on a few of those things? Well, uh, what I wanted to talk about was, do do you remember how I, my solution to generating a baby boom? 
Oh, the ba- uh, your uh, your your baby boom incentives. That's right. So so what what we need are more earners and more people paying into the system. And so many millennials are really caught in a a trap with they they retired into the credit crisis and and a very weak economy. They had a lot of student debt. There, there's a there's a whole uh, host of issues there, and so they've been very slow to start families or have children, buy homes, all these things that are I'm, going to be I'm, good for the economy. I'm part, I'm part of that. Now, I was an early home buyer, but uh, you know, we're, we're getting to be in our mid-30s and haven't had kids yet. And I, my wife's sister didn't have kids until her mid to late 30s, and mm-hmm. uh, her other sister is not having kids. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we kind of feel that reverberate throughout our millennial, uh, millennial close contacts. Would you say it's based on a conscious like economic concern or strain or is this a a lifestyle choice yeah no i think it's um uh, well i think maybe lifestyle choice for the one that's not going to have kids at all and then there were probably professional considerations for uh the reason why the other sister waited longer and for us yeah it's been connie did extra schooling and kind of a, a career change kind of early on in the process that led to more school and then master's degree and, you know, just trying to, you know, make sure we were well established and set before then Mm -hmm. bringing a kid into the world. So, yeah, and I think the the economy and those question marks and wanting to make sure we have well-established jobs and all that kind of stuff certainly played into it. Yeah. Well, so so just to revive my my strategy or my my, my theories was basically what, what we need to do with all of this government stimulus or help or whatever we're trying to do as, as opposed to just wiping out student debt or, or handing out money, you know, to everybody, regardless of whether they, they have a specific need, it should be thought about as what's the outcome that we want. And if you look at several of the uh, Nordic countries, I think uh, Finland and, um, a little bit Sweden, Norway for sure. A lot of those countries are having big baby booms through the the pandemic, and you would it's counterintuitive because you would think that you know this is uh, a scarier time, uh, more uncertainty. If we don't have the income, if, if we've lost jobs or we're out sick, you know people would tend to have fewer children. But it turns out that the social programs, uh, parental leave are very generous in those countries. And so a lot of people that have been out of work have used this as an opportunity to have additional children so that the, the benefits can be as much as like 50 to 100% uh, of pay in places like Denmark, Norway. I, I don't know exactly which one is, is which percentage. But this has given a lot of people the confidence they needed to say, hey, we've, we've got this time. We can, uh, we, we can have a substantial income, and they've used it as an opportunity to have babies, so much so that they had to import midwives and bring midwives out of retirement to help handle all of the the deliveries that have had to to take place through COVID. Amazing. Yeah, so interesting article in uh, National Geographic about that. But uh, my point is, is we should be looking at what's the outcome, what's the social outcome that we would like. And, and truly incentivize those type of things because it's. Um, I think a lot of people would like to get on with their lives, and and do and and have families and and buy houses, and we should have a little more targeted uh, programs to do that. But mm-hmm. once I'm in charge, we'll we'll. There you go. That. 
I, yeah, I don't know. It, it would be hard to find a lot of people other than maybe the, you know, the business owners obviously trying to compensate for losing an employee for that long a period of time, I suppose. Um, that seems like certainly a winning political strategy that, to have lots of time off f- for people. Like that's it's hard for uh, to get people to argue against, you know, giving them more time off. It's uh, well, not just time off, but but also the the income, yeah, right? They, they right. can restore their income, pay, t- pay time well, off. Yeah, yeah, pay time off, right? Uh, very interesting. All right, so we've got baby boom incentives. We've got the great resignation happening. Um, you know, two different moving parts that we've been tracking for the last uh, last year or so and now leading us into 2022. And then we sort of touched on it a little bit already, but uh, we, we've seen supply shocks and the economy has tried to be resilient throughout COVID. But sometimes you get the sense that it's still hanging by a thread sometimes, Brian. That, 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 is that just a natural uh, course of volatility in the market that we're seeing? Or are we, are we leading up to something bigger here? What's your read on all those signs? My read is that this is going to be temporary. I mean, I have tried to acquire, buy, order. Uh, I've got a whole three teenage girls. So we're, we're, we're doing a lot of consumption at our house, at the Doe household. And, you know, we're, we're not having really like serious trouble getting things that we want or need. We're, we're, it's more at the inconvenience level. Maybe you see it a little bit at the grocery store or maybe this, this or that place is out of something. But, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think the sort of some major like national lockdown or, or something like that. And I think we're past that, that stage. The economy wants to get back to work. Like they, the econ- there, there is going to be a producer that steps in and says, you know, I'll, I'll solve this problem or we're going to work harder to, to, to fix these issues. And the, the shortage of workers, I think is very transitory because people are getting sick well, then they get better and then you know, they're, they're going to come back to work. So the bigger problem is all of the money that's been pumped into the system. It has created a sustained demand, but the, the production side has not really been in place to, to keep up with it. So is this inflation here to stay? Is it going to last? I, I, probably not. I don't, I don't think so. I think we'll, it, it'll take some time to, to work through and past, but corporate profits are excellent. The market has rebounded very nicely. We've had a, you know, a couple of rough days here the, the beginning of this year, but you know, we're, we're relatively at all-time highs, and we're seeing uh, corporate profits, share buybacks, price-to-earnings ratios, all, all these of these indicators that you would look at say that the economy is pretty healthy, and certainly corporate earnings are, are very healthy. And I, I know there's there's pockets where that's not the case, but I don't think we're in some major major, you know, end of the world um, type of situation here. So I wouldn't despair about this. Or I'm certainly feeling the inflation. I was grocery shopping uh, last night, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, couldn't find the onions, but I found plenty of other things to spend money on, Brian. But I didn't have a very full cart, and it was uh, it was you know a good hundred and fifty dollar checkout, and I was like, mm-hmm. man. For this much stuff in the cart, now I was buying like, you know, larger things of sauces and I was kind of stocking up on a little bit more bulk type stuff. So sometimes that'll happen to you. But boy, I was like, I just feel like the, the cart should be a lot more full for this amount of money. <laughs> yeah, no, th- things have definitely gotten uh, gotten more expensive and, you know, the price of meat and uh, ice cream and I, I've seen it in several places, but um, I don't know. I don't know how long that'll uh last or if we'll if we're at a new normal maybe we plateau here or if we you know actually go back and, and prices can come back down but there, there's just been 
too much demand and too much stimulus and we need to everybody needs to get back to work and hustle which then that leads to the you know the great resignation and and what should i do the be, this great resignation seems you know, tailor made for an early retirement you know, dream if everybody's doing it and there's you know, a little bit of stimulus or incentive to do it if you can go ahead and uh, activate benefits uh but the the times that i've i've looked at that if you're not at 65 and qualifying for medicare if you're not you know 66 or so and getting your your full uh social security benefit you really need to step back and look at how expensive you know private plans for insurance are or if you've got a spouse that has a a plan through their employer that can cover you uh that that gap in healthcare coverage has gotten very expensive and then um yeah it's just a a matter of waiting for that higher social security benefit if you if you're going to rely on it then maybe you don't have to do a, a ton of savings and and contributing to 401ks but at least earn enough to pay the bills which well, are going up I, I saw a headline this morning that i know will uh make a lot of people angry and that was that the as we now start to think about filing taxes it's gonna it, it might take a while to get your tax return this year i feel like they say that every year and it still comes through okay but um they're at if least you file the electronically out. right if, if you if you're filing by mail i think they have um and they're running an average of six. Usually they have like a million pieces of mail backed up. And right now they're running at about 6 million pieces oh, of mail gotcha. backed okay. up. So there are a lot of uh, paper returns that have not been processed and those checks aren't going out. If you file electronically, uh, I think that system is working. Okay. Gotcha. Better. But maybe not perfectly, but better. Uh, side thought, isn't it just hard to like wrap your brain around some of those large numbers and large quantities like that? Like, six, Could you imagine seven, six, piece, six million, million pieces, pieces of, mail? of mail? And just like, <laughs> how have we gotten as a country to the point where, or any organization, where you can handle that much? Or I think about companies that have 20, 30, 40,000 employees, and it's just mm-hmm. like mind-boggling the infrastructure that it takes to build up something that big and that complex, and it's just... It's just wild. It's, uh, well, and, and we, we see it within uh, Charles Schwab, obviously a big organization and custodian for all of our uh, clients' assets. You know, they've had a lot of people out working from home, those type of things, and, and it's impacted their productivity and ability to process. So a lot of things that are urgent, like move money requests and IRA distributions, those are getting prioritized. But if you're you know opening new accounts or trying to uh, transfer assets and things like that, we've, we've definitely seen some delays. All right, Brian. So to kind of start putting a bow on today's conversation, uh, what should we do? What kind of consideration should we have in mind, whether it's the great resignation that we're trying to kind of, uh, you know, understand, take advantage of, or at least cope with in our own finances or any other takeaways and solutions that we should have at least on the radar here as we look further into 2022 and get ready for this new year? Yeah. So I've had two cases that uh, both presented the same basic problem. One was was a uh, prospective client, older, retired. He's in, in uh, mandatory distribution age, but uh, millions and millions of dollars in uh, mutual funds you know, that had been you know, purchased years ago, added to, dollar cost averaged into, and they grew. And you were in a situation where you you have a asset level that should qualify you for some type of breakpoint. And there are strategies out there for tax efficiency, and you you don't have those. We, we, you don't get any breakpoints on the mutual funds. There's just a fixed fee in there. So it turns out he was pro- probably paying you know two to three times what 
even a, a fair price uh, should be for, for that asset level. And uh, you have to remember the mutual funds in your 401k could be, they may be your only option because there are limits to what employer plans provide. And they you get the employer match, you get the tax deferral, those are all good things. But if you're, if you're making a change, uh, I'm really encouraging people to go back and look at their 401ks, rollovers if they've, if they've kept funds in there uh, for years, because you may be paying more than you are required to, and you could be faced with some uh, tax inefficiencies that aren't going to serve you well. And at, at the uh, other end of you know, mutual fund you know, behaving badly stories. My sister uh, had a 401k and asked me to, to take a look at it. And I said, well, let's, let's, let's dig into these mutual funds and let's see what's in there. And they've, they've gone up. She's definitely uh, had the benefit of the, the rising market. But I looked, I said, okay, here's a mutual fund that's charging you 30 basis points, 60 basis points, a percent. Basis points are just, you know, hundredths of a percent. So 50 basis points is a half a percent. I said, that's not terrible, but then let's, let's look into the top holdings of these funds. Well, it turns out she was paying a fee to be in the 401k plan. She was paying a fee for the funds in the 401k plan. And then those funds were buying more mutual funds that also had a fee to them. And I suspect if we dug into those, we would just find layers upon layers of mutual funds and oh fees and, and index funds. And I said, you are being charged thousands of dollars just for the privilege of this mutual fund manager buying that mutual fund for you. I said, that makes absolutely no sense. It's crazy. But and Brian, one, one time our dog came back from the kennel uh, with a really, really bad case of the fleas. Mm-hmm. And they were they were terrible to try and get rid of. And I remember remarking at one point saying, I think his fleas have fleas. And it, it sounds like your client <laughs> suffered from the same affliction of the, yeah. their fees mm-hmm. having fees. <laughs> their fees have fees, right. I like it. Oh, man. That, that's a brutal situation to probably uncover. I'm sure they weren't very happy when you started, like, unlayering all these things. No, and I, I mean, I was, I was not trying to sell her on anything or whatever, but I just looked at it and I said, this is crazy. I said, you're handily paying, you know, over a percent, maybe 2%, uh, so that's costing you, you know, thousands, this many thousands of dollars. And, man, she got all bug-eyed and looked at me. He's like, what do I do? I said, well, you can you know, roll it over to a you know, self-directed IRA. You can buy some low-cost uh, exchange-traded funds that give you the, the same exposures, and you can cut your uh, expense by, you know, a, a huge margin. And so where a lot of people have an emotional attachment to a particular plan, you know, it's it's their maybe their biggest asset, uh, they, they feel good about it, as, as they should, but just because it's been in this one place forever— and, and that, that was the, the commonality of these, these two situations. It's like, well, I've just been there forever. I've just always, it's always been here and in these funds and they've done well. But you should look below the surface and, and dissect enough or do enough analysis so that you can say, is, am I really getting what I'm paying for? Am I, am I really getting the value for, for what I'm paying for? And is there a better option? Because um, you're going to get squeezed everywhere else these days. 
Well, lots of things to think about, and uh, that is a, a really good story to share with us, Brian. I appreciate that, and kind of a good warning to folks for why we got to keep a close eye on all these things. And I know uh, it's hard to do on our own, and that's why we turn to you to be kind of our eyes and ears to be uncovering these things for us. And that's that's why it's so helpful to have a financial advisor who's looking at these things and kind of on the hunt for these problems and issues inside of our portfolios. Well, we do our best, and uh, I, I, I enjoyed the, the forensic of digging into it. So if, if you want to take a look or you're not sure or you're in love with something and, and question with, with whether that's maybe an emotional attraction that you've got, if you want to do a little more analytical and critical evaluation of it, uh, that's definitely where we come in. Well, if you want to get in touch with Brian Doe and the team at Living Worth Wealth Advisors, it's very easy to do so. In fact, you can call for a free 15-minute introductory call with Brian, see how you can get some clarity around the financial goals that you have so that you can, of course, live the lifestyle that you want and to help the loved ones in your life do the same as well. You can book a call by dialing 706-451-9800, 706-451-9800, or go to livingworth.com and click book a call. Again, livingworth.com and click book a call. And that's how you can get in touch, schedule your time to visit with a certified financial planner in Brian Doe. And be sure to join us for some great episodes this year on the podcast. I'm, I'm going to give folks a peek behind the scenes here, Brian. I'm, I'm scrolling down to the bottom of our notes today as, that we use for reference when we host the show. And uh, Andrea, our producer, usually puts future ideas down there. I don't know if she would want me to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Go for it. I'm, I'm seeing maybe hints at the fact that we're going to be talking about NFTs. And Dogecoin, perhaps, is listed here. Uh, Mismanaging with retirement withdrawals. Mm -hmm. Um, Day trading, property casualty, sustainable investing. Lots of other cool things on the agenda. So, Lots of topics uh, and possibilities out there for sure. Mm -hmm. We'll pick back up at some point as well our series that we've kind of been diving in and out of about top retirement mistakes. So uh, keep an eye for future continuation of that series of episodes. Lots of good stuff on the agenda for this year. And uh, we're off to a great start, Brian. I appreciate your help today. And we'll look forward to another new episode uh, just around the corner. Go dogs. Go dogs. There you go. (laughs) Thank you so much. And we'll look forward to talking to everybody next time right back here on Make the Dough Rise. Have a good one. Thanks, Walter. Make the Dough Rise is brought to you by Living Worth Wealth Advisors with a central office in Greensboro, Georgia, but serving the Lake Country and beyond. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Just search for Make the Dough Rise with Brian Doe. You can also visit MakeTheDoughRise.com to listen to recent episodes. If you'd like to contact the show or schedule a complimentary financial review with Brian and the team, just go to MakeTheDoughRise.com and get in touch through the website. Or call 706-451-9800. Thanks for listening to Make the Dough Rise. Investment advisory services offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.